This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So yeah, no, the second half we've we've come out and, and carried on, you know, the way we were playing first half and put our chances in and friend and obviously friend and Sanderson coming into that back three has made such a difference and you know we just we just look a completely different team and Graham on the right as well he's uh, he's also brilliant. I mean, you wouldn't think that Chung and Maxine Collin weren't in that team, would you? Really, you know, they're almost forgotten about and it just speaks volumes, doesn't it, with the, the strength in depth that we've got at the moment? It's a, it's a nice position to be in, isn't it? It is yeah. at the moment, yeah, yeah, um, and you know, let's let's continue with that momentum and try and climb up the table. And you know, obviously, fourteenth is a, a good position when you think about where we've been in recent seasons. And let's keep that momentum going and see where we can finish up. You know, um, snatch, snatch on- your hand off a fourteenth right now. I know, I bet you would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a long way from when Curtis played for us, obviously in this league. Yeah. You know, obviously going back ten years, but. You know, we, we keep making uh, progress and we're going in the right direction slowly and it's going to take time, isn't it, you know, to get to where we want to be. But I'd like to think that one day we will get there, you know, and we've certainly got a good squad. We've got strength in depth. Like I say, you know, McGree comes in for, for Chung and he's great. And then Graham comes in for Colin in recent games and he's been great. So, so yeah, there's, there's, there's no complaints for me at all at the moment. And, you know, like I say, let's just back it up now with a couple of home wins this week and... Mm-hmm if we can really mean business, you know, and see where it can take us. But never look past never look past the next game, though, do you? You know, look at tomorrow night now and hopefully we can uh, we can beat Bristol City tomorrow night and then on to Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, special special mention to George Friend. I think he's been excellent. Yeah, We fantastic. said it last week as well. I mean, he's just yeah. been, even when he hasn't been playing, it's just been, you know, his experience, his, the way he's con- conducted himself, he's just been top class. Yeah. So, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So are you, Curtis, anyway, mate? You all right? I'm all right. Yeah, I've been sweating over getting the Wi-Fi sorted. I'm all right in general. Um, yeah, just just cracking on. Still, still keep going as long as I can, and yeah, enjoying it, enjoying football. Yeah, that's the main thing, really, at this age. You know, try and play as many games as you can and enjoy it as much as you can. And 
I'm certainly doing that at the moment, especially in front of goal. I'm back in my blues form, to be fair. I know. <laughs> yeah. oh, so I was prolific at blues. I think it's finally come back after 10 years. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, 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 it's not the position I'd want to be being the top scorer, um, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I guess you've got fond memories of your days with us as well, yeah, from like going back 10, 12 years, you know, or 10, 11 years now, isn't it, since you signed? And Yeah. Yeah, I, I said the 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 contrast from me signing um, elated to sign because I'd I'd been obviously at the other team. I won't say the names on here because I might get thrown out of the conversation. Yeah, I was at, I was at the other side of um, the village, shall we say? Um, <laughs> and I'd been frozen out. Um, I'd had an injury and then a lot of it became political over payments to West Brom and my contract and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'd just been left to rot. And then obviously I had my loan at Leicester um, and I, it saved my career, to be honest, because after, you know, such high expectation of myself um, at, at the club as well, and then got my shoulder injury, was kind of left on the side to rot. I'd not played for a year. Sven Goran Eriksson was the manager, called me up and kind of said, come and come and play for me. I just want you to express yourself and enjoy yourself. For me, that was a breath of fresh air. Went there and then obviously um, after my loan was done in the December, I actually, a day before I went to Blues, I'd signed the papers to go on loan back to Leicester. Um, and then my agent actually called me saying, um, like the others have pulled the plug. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like, what? Going, going mad? And they said, no, 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 because Blues have come in for permanent. And I was like, okay thinking, you know, it's Premier League. Um, I knew Scotty Dan had just got injured, ripped his hamstring, hadn't he? Um, yeah. So I saw mm. it as, oh, I'm going there to play. Mm. So I was elated, you know, staying in the Premier League. And then, unfortunately, it didn't work that way. You know, I, I came in, um, McLeish was playing the players that were already there. Mm. Um, and I said, the worst thing that could have happened to me, uh, listen, the, the club winning the cup was massive. Mm. But the worst thing that happened to me was because the club won the cup, as we started to struggle, Mentally, he, in my opinion anyway, he always tried to get back to that cup winning team as much as possible. So if we were struggling, it's like, oh, I'll get that back to that team. That gave us a great moment and they'll mm. they'll get us out of the trouble. And that wasn't the right thing to do. Um, so that, that first six months was tough. I remember just going back in terms of one thing that kind of stands out is um, going to Liverpool away. And, you know, I'm looking around in the dressing room. There's There's no one fit. <laughs> there's no one fit in my position and I've got Stevie Carr the captain turning around saying to me be ready be ready all week all week so you know it's Liverpool you know you're always going to be up for the Liverpool game go into Anfield of course you know it's a big chance for me um, <laughs> we go we go to the hotel and I've looked around I've realised that Martin Urenix travelled I was like well okay I just assumed you know he'd, he'd been out for six weeks um, with a broken toe or in, in, injured toe or something I was just oh, maybe just travelled, you know, for keep the team together, keep the morale, you know, and get him back in the group. So then I didn't think anything of it. Like I say, Skipper's told me I'm I'm pretty much playing. Yeah, get there, get to the um, the hotel, blah blah. Have the pre-match, and then in the morning, it's like you know, teams turned over. This is the team. I just stared at it honestly for I I just didn't look didn't look anywhere else other than just playing because even when it flicked to the next screen, I was just flabbergasted that mm. he'd now put someone in ahead of me that hasn't trained for six weeks. Um, yeah, so that's how much he thought of me, to be honest. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, and then from there, it was, it, my head was gone, basically. Um, 
and that game obviously we ended up losing 5-0 and I'm, and again I'm not saying that I would have I would have made us win the game or anything like that but I think in general when you put someone that has been out for that long into the team they're going to be at sixes and sevens and they make everyone else kind of on edge and and that's what happens you know you could see the the, the natural reaction is you know when you you've been injured and been out for a while you try too hard yeah and and I think that's what happened and we ended up obviously losing 5-0 which inadvertently, last game of the season, we could have got away with the 1-1 and held on for the draw, but we needed to go and, and score. And then therefore, because we were going down on goals scored, me and Roger end up going up front <laughs> and then we lose the game 2-1 and we go down. And yeah. that, that seems a bit of a, a big picture to paint. But, you know, if we lose that Liverpool game 2-0, I think we stay up. Yeah. And it's a different picture. And that, that's just mm. my... Because I always hold on to things that really have annoyed me in football. And I don't mind if someone's not having me, that's fine. But when you sign someone in the January and then, you, you know what I mean? I was thrown in for the West Brom game. I was I was poor, but I hadn't played for ages. Um, and it was a rested, basically a second 11. I was thrown in for the Bolton game, similar, a second 11. And you're always like chasing your tail, trying to get a, a big performance. And then my big performance finally came against Spurs. In the last day of the season, I think I like in my own opinion, I was very good, but it was almost like at that point, I was almost like two fingers up, like this is for me. Do you yeah. know what I mean, as, as much as it's for I, I'm hoping to keep the club up, this is for me. And yeah. if anything, my mind was thinking, even if we stay up, I'm 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 out of here. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, um, you know, I, I think I can say this on here anyway, but we had the debrief the next day after that, and then uh, <laughs> the manager pulled me and kind of said, um, you know the way you played yesterday, brilliant. You know, that's what we got you in for, blah, blah, blah. He goes, we're going to need that next season in the, in, in the Championship. And I, I just turned around and looked at him. I said, like, you you needed me this year. You needed it this year. Yeah. And I, I, that was my opinion right then. I, and my head was gone and I didn't care how he took it because my mind, I was going, I, I didn't want to play for him. Um, didn't mind him as a guy, like got on with him as a person. Yeah. I just yeah. mean, but just in terms of just just misled kind of in, in terms mm. of my, my reasons for going there. Um, yeah, so that was tough to take, and then obviously he went to the other side, and um, and then Chris Uton came in, and and it was a fresh outlook, um, a whole new fresh team. Obviously, about twelve players left, which was going to be difficult. But the replacements we got in, a lot of experience, um, some young quality um, that have come through the club, but also a couple of other other players have come into the club, um, and. As we know, we, we had a we had a good go at it. We had a good go at Europe. We had a good go at the playoffs, mm. and um, it was a it was a fantastic first season. Um, I say fantastic. We didn't go up or or get through to the later rounds of Europe, but in terms of the memories, you know, sixty two game season in the Championship uh, to get to the playoffs, mm. have two FA Cup replays against Premier League opposition. Mm. Um, obviously, the away days in Europe, it was it was fantastic. And I think, yeah. like I say, when when you look back at your career. You're obviously going to look at times when you've done this high moment, you had a promotion or whatever, but that as a as a full season was just a roller coaster. And the fact that that group had been almost mashed together because yeah. twelve of the players had left, it was such a togetherness. And the fact that we were playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Thursday, you know, there was no time off. We were with them yeah. more than our families sometimes, especially when you're flying abroad to Europe. Yeah. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just a, a great season and, and fantastic lads and uh, and some good footballers in there as well. 
Yeah, I think the recruitment as well that season was excellent, wasn't it? With Marlon King, Chris Burke, yeah, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, that's the one good thing McLeish did. He signed Chris Burke before he yeah. left. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he signed, yeah. Wade Elliott, we've had Wade Elliott on before. Yeah, Wade, yeah. yeah. Stevie Caldwell. Uh, obviously, yeah. we had um, we had, we had a good... No, no we still... We still had the likes of Jordan Much there, Nathan yeah. Redmond. Obviously, eventually not that season, but Jack Butland came through. Yeah. Uh, so we still had some some very good players that were about to be unearthed. Yeah. Um, you know, because obviously after that, Jordan Much goes on and goes to Premier League. Nathan Redmond eventually leaves. I think. Well, Nathan actually left after me. Um, so yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a combination of that that core experience, like I say, the likes of I was experienced then, but not as not as old as uh, as Wade as as Stevie Caldwell. Obviously, yeah. Pablo Ibanez um, yeah. played in the World Cup with Spain, even though yeah. he was reasonably quiet because um, of his English. But you know, played in the World Cup with Spain. Uh, Marlon, in terms of his personality, so he was a he was a hard personality. So if you don't give him the ball, he'll tell you. Yeah. And I think the group needed that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So so whereas like. The older ones, we can maybe go back at him and say, yeah, yeah, F you, yeah, give it all that back. <laughs> yeah. The young ones will be like, cool, I don't want to make a mistake again. And it kept people yeah. on their toes and you yeah. needed those personalities. And ultimately, you're scoring loads of goals. You know, Big yeah. Ziggy popping up there, you know, I remember notoriously the four goals at Leeds. Yeah, um, yeah. What a day that was, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so again, like me just talking about it now, I've got a big smile on my face. It was a great day. And we didn't even get, yeah. we didn't even get promotion. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just because, yeah. just there's some, some really good days and, um, fantastic, and yeah, good, good fantastic squad with. that was. Really, really was. Yeah. For, us, for us as fans as well, I think it's the best season we've had since relegation, you know, even 10 years later. It's the best mm. season we've had in the championship since we've come down 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. yeah and, and yeah, that's, it's a shame really because, mm. you know, I guess now we look years on, I know the money back then was probably, I think it was around the £40 million mark, wasn't it, for Premier League money. Mm-hmm. So the parachute payments, yeah. I guess, weren't as big. Yeah. But our club obviously were willing to take that money and not reinvest it anyway. So yeah. it wouldn't have mattered if it was £100 million. Um, It no. wasn't coming back to the squad. We obviously had a decent squad, you know, and, and by no means were their low, low wages. We weren't the lowest wage bill. But in terms of actual transfers, mm. I, I don't remember anyone getting bought um, no, I'm trying to think. I don't think there was anyone there. Uh, no, I'm just thinking off my head. I think I think once Lee Clark came in, I think we might have bought a couple as I left. So maybe the the who's who was the striker? Sorry, from uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, from um, Clayton Donaldson. Yeah, Clayton, okay. Clayton, Clayton came um, afterwards. Yeah. Um, the mixed race lad as well. Did we play two million for Darren Ambrose? We played two. Not West Thomas. Oh two. no! Top. Matt, oh Matt yeah, Green. actually, Matt Green. Matt Green, that's it. Matt Green, because he'd been on fire. Matt Green scored thirty odd yeah. goals. Um, in I think it was the conference, was it still then? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or was he? Well, had he been? Yeah. So he, he was on fire, and he he'd, he'd already sort of been on trial with us the, se- the season before, kind of having a look at him. Um, yeah, but we did pay for Daz Ambrose as well, and that yeah. was one that was Daz came as a unbelievable. T- talent in the championship one of the championship's best players most exciting players yeah yeah and he came and he unfortunately had the life sucked out of him yeah yeah just um just just the 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 way things were going um had the confidence sucked out of him for such a good player good lad um i guess you know coming from being the main man at palace obviously he still could have been the main man here yeah um but it just never really worked out and i think Clarky's wow. personality wasn't quite 
right at trying to get the best out of him. Right. You know, um, we had players like Hayden Mullins as well, experienced yeah. player coming in. And, and sometimes it'd go from starting to not being in the squad for three games. And it was just, yeah, it was, a, it was, it was obviously a mad time. Um, but yeah, that, that, that second season is memorable for different reasons uh, in terms of in the championship to compared to the first one, because it was, um, yeah, it was chalk and cheese, really, if I'm being honest. Um, the first season, you always felt we could we could have a right go as long as we kept that core of the squad fit. You know, we knew that, don't get me wrong, if we went down to the bones and and we're looking at the depth of our squad, we mm. probably had a, a, a solid 15, 16 starters that could come in, you know, like a, a Spectre or an Indoor when he signed. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like all these, all these players. And then... You know, we knew after that it was going to be, well, a young lad's going to have to come in. A Callum Riley's going to have to come in. A Mitch Hancock's going to have to come in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it, was, um, it was almost very experienced or very inexperienced. We had no kind of middle no, ground. Yeah. yeah and, and obviously, in that second year, Ravel Morrison came as well, who's obviously with me at Derby now. And what a fantastic player he was. Yeah, Rob Hall player. as well. Forget about Rob Hall. Oh, yeah. Rob Hall, Rob Hall yeah. laid, laid, laid on quite a few goals for me uh, that's, that season as well. So, uh, it's, yeah, again, great players, great lads. Um, had a couple of good loans like like Leroy Lita, but unfortunately didn't work out. He ended up falling out. You know, yeah. we had some, some good players through the doors, mm. but just couldn't get, get it together on the pitch. And Is I think it, um... I don't... Peter Lovenkranz as well. He's another one. Oh, Pete, yeah, Pete, yeah. yeah. I How can I forget about Pete? Oh, he was my gym buddy. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, he was my gym buddy. We were always in the gym together. And Pete, yeah, what a guy he was, personality-wise. And again, played in the Champions League, uh, played at the very highest level, played for his country. You know, he's. We had some very good players, but again, all these players that have played at this level, that level, very high levels, been in the championship. It was still like. No, we, we're, we're together. We're going to do this. And whether you're a Nathan Redmond who just trying to make your name or you're a Marlon yeah. King that's been there, done that, worn the T-shirt, um, you know, if we sat at a table, it, it wouldn't matter who. You know, it wasn't the young table, the old table, the, you know what I mean, all the the different kind of cliques. It was it was just everyone was together. And, and that's what I loved about the squad. <laughs> mm. So uh, somebody's just asked, uh, is um, Alex on your Christmas list? <laughs> then I, I, I honestly I didn't I, I, it's a strange thing for me to say but I, I didn't dislike him as a person I, I mm. actually had a an okay relationship as a person but my big thing is like I say I, clarity that's it in football you know I, I, he's not he's not not picking me because he can't have not picked me because he didn't like me you know but obviously he had a, a thing in his head that he he wanted to play that team and that's just my opinion I'm sure a lot of people that watch me play will probably think well he shouldn't have played uh, enough games, you know, because I, I wasn't great in the couple of games I played, but mm. don't see me training every day and working my nuts off every day to, to make sure that I'm trying to show you what I've got. Um, yeah, so that, that listen, I, I've got nothing against him at all. Um, you know, ultimately signed me. Um, but it was just a case of, like I say, I, I could have had the joy of going to Leicester and keeping myself going, keeping my momentum because I was starting to play well and enjoy it again. Mm. Um, and obviously I got taken to a Premier League club, the boost of, yes, I'm back in the Premier League and then ultimately got relegated without playing a real part in it. And, um, you know, it adds a relegation to your CV without actually being able to have a grasp on it. You know, I've had relegations at Hull, I've had relegations at West Brom mm. um, and I own them ones because I was part of it. So I take it on the chin and I take it, to me, because I was a big part of that. You know, West Brom, I played 33 games. Hull, I played every game. The second time we went down with Hull, I played 30 games. 
So I take a big responsibility in that because I was part of that. Oh, I, I looked at, mm. uh, yeah, I look at it at Blues and I was, I was disappointed. I'd rather have been a part of it to say I gave my all, but yeah, if we did go down, unfortunately it's on me, but it was like, I think I had two starts, um, which obviously one came last day. Soon. I think I came on four times. Must be and, must must have been really frustrating for you, obviously sitting on the sidelines, knowing that you might you know you could make a difference to that team and not being given the opportunity. You know, yeah, I think like I say, I think there's different times. Like when you know Ridgie and and Rog, if they're playing centre half, like then that was. I'm not saying that's fine, but what I'm saying is like they kind of knew each other's game. They were sometimes you know that the old guard sometimes is going to get the nod. That's fine. But it's the case of when someone was injured. That's that's the big thing that kind of that yeah. threw me, and and that's the thing that made me lose my head. So I was frustrated on the sideline at first, but it wasn't a case of because I should be in instead of him. It's never been the case. It's just my own frustration. I've been signed yeah. here to play, and I'm not playing. Um, well, but then once I was left out for an injured player, basically, that's when I thought I'm done, yeah. and that, that sent me almost backwards because you know having like I said had a year out from losing my head of, of being just left on the side while I'm fit and then signing for Blues thinking, here we go again, I'm starting all over again. Yeah. And then was, oh, hang on. <laughs> now I'm actually just sitting on the bench with with some, actually on the bench rather than in the stands this time. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, look, I looked at our bench and and when I talk about uh, that the, the gaffer wanted to get back to the, the team that won the cup, you know, I'm sitting on the bench and I'm looking around. Obafemi Martins, David Bentley, Alexander Fleb, Ziggy, Kev Phillips, you know, Dave Murphy or Pano, whichever one was on the bench that day. And I'm like, at all due respect, how can Bent not get in this team? How can David Bentley not get in this team? Mm. Alexander Fleb, I understand he's a different type of player, but you know, if we're we're not in a we're not we're losing a game, what kind of player do you want to come on and change the game? Surely a Fleb that he plays in the hole and and he's able to make that key pass. And you've mm. got Kev Phillips. I know he, he couldn't possibly have played all the games if, if you know, if you, if you say, oh, his body maybe couldn't do it. But, you know, he's a natural finisher. He's the most natural finisher I've played with. I've played him with, obviously, at, at two clubs. Um, so, yeah, it was just, it was bizarre. You know, Obafemi Martins, I know he, he, he played the cup, but even sometimes, you know, he's on the bench in the league because we wanted to go for a bit more direct style and, yeah. and a bit more we'll turn them and, and we'll do it from there. And, but you think, Oberfemi Martins, mm. like this, this guy is, is a, is a, a pro evolution legend. Just made me laugh with Ober. That's just a quick thing. I, I had to laugh at Ober because um, obviously people always laugh and say about his age and stuff like that. And I said, I turn around to him and say, Ober does one day, well, how old are you? How old are you? And he goes, oh yeah, I'm, um, like 29 or whatever he was. So basically he was only like a year older than me at the time, whatever he said. And I laughed. I went, no way, mate. I used to play with you and Babangida up front on, yeah, on ISS Pro Evolution 1. So <laughs> just used to wind yeah. him up and you used to laugh. But but yeah, like it was just um, for me sitting there, you know, when you you sit on the sidelines, especially you take it all in um, to think that those players couldn't get a game when mm-hmm. we're struggling. It's crazy. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been, have you been converted? Have you been converted to FIFA now, Curtis? Rather than <laughs> uh, do you know what? I got I got taken away from the game when I had my first daughter. At uh, she's thirteen next week. Okay. Um, so as soon as I I was I was like doing. I, I know I've got a picture on my phone where I used to play um, Gears of War 
I think it was oh, called. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. A, a, with my brother and some friends online, when it first started online, I've got a picture of me with my daughter on my shoulder playing the game. And I was thinking, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. And I just, yeah, in the end, your evenings just get taken over by washing bottles, doing yeah. this, doing that. And then um, uh, tell eventually me. lost it. Yeah. I've, and, and, uh, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've just come off Mario Party Superstars on the Switch with my missus and Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I've got, I've got some, I've got, my missus bought me a Switch because she said, um, that's a good one because I can go and play it on my own when I'm on away trips. She don't want me playing at home though. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on the, on the subject yeah. of kids, we've got a question from um, a 10 year old, uh, Lisa Fields, um, young lad. He says he's a striker and he wants to know what position did you play and what age did you play football? I think when you first started. Yeah. Um, so as always, everyone, I was a striker as always. Mm. Um, so from a kid, nobody grows up wanting to be, you know, as much as there's been some great centre-offs in in, in time, nobody grows up wanting to be a centre-off. You know, in my year, I was watching Romario, Bebeto, Ronaldo, Eric Cantona was my my hero. I grew up a Man U fan. Um, you know, Andy Cole, Dwight York. So you always wanted to be a striker. You want to be mm. the, the magic man. And, Everyone and does, yeah. that's what I was. Yeah. And that's what I was as a kid. You know, as a kid, particularly, I was not necessarily that much bigger than everyone else, but I was a little bit bigger than the rest and I was I was lightning quick. So when it came to Sunday League, I'd score 50 goals a season just from playing behind. I'd outrun them and I'd just smash it high because the keepers are small. So, so it just used to be, I had an ability to smash it high knowing that they won't be able to save it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my thing. And then I think what happened is I played um, district football, I played county football. So district I played, anywhere they wanted me to but a lot of times centre mid and county I actually started as a right wing back but then played up front and then played defence so I played everywhere but it was once um, I think I was 14 and my Sunday league team um, we had a big centre centre half at, at 14 that was like six foot two and beard and everything so he was the early mature one mm-hmm. and he broke his leg and I was kind of like the next biggest as such but I was a good footballer I could play anywhere so I was asked oh do would you play centre half for the rest of the season? Just to, you know, Adrian's not going to be back. Blah blah. So I went there and I was with my best mate that went to my school and everything, and ended up becoming the Twin Towers. We just dominated games and and started to enjoy it. Obviously, mm-hmm. still like playing up front when I went to district and county and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it became my position. And then eventually, when I started going on trials to different levels, you know, be it to county, be it to, I started playing that position more so than actually saying I'm a forward. And then um, yeah, and then eventually I was scouted um as a defender um and yeah and that's what that's that's kind of where, where I got stuck in the end um if I'd been scouted as a striker prolific striker I'd have been all right but um yeah I went I went to um Wimbledon as a kid 15 years old um uh, my my PE teacher um had a link with them but also the guy that um scouted me Martin Heather he was um he'd seen me play for my county so it was kind of I got sent um, because of, basically, I, I got sent rather than the other lads because of my attitude. So in terms of at school, there were probably about three or four of us on the same level, but my teacher knew he could trust me. Um, so because he knew he could trust me, I weren't going to get in a fight. I weren't going to be rude. I was going to be P's and Q's and all that. He knew he could trust me. And that's what got me more than the other lads. So, you know, <laughs> sliding doors moments that I, I was given an opportunity because I, w- I was a nicer lad or a, or a better kid at school mm. um, and anyway I went on trial I got a year's contract just before you, you go to scholar and unfortunately for me I had 
four months of that was um, growing pains in my hips, you know, where you, you maturity and, yeah. and all that. And, mm. and unfortunately, you know, the writing was on the wall, but I've always been proactive that I saw that I was going to get released because they had a lad down from um, Newcastle that had just been released from Newcastle. And he was down like pretty much like twice a month kind of thing for games, just so they could keep an eye on him kind of thing. Um, so I kind of saw the writing on the wall. They're going to sign this kid, but I just stayed there, got the best training I could, tried to get in front of as many other teams in terms of coaches from the neighbouring teams that we play against as much as I could. And then when I got released, I was I was ready to, mentally and I, I wrote off a load of CVs to 30-odd to clubs in the southeast. and then um, Luton came in and, and that was it. Wow. And that, that that's where I went. And again, I tried to kind of revert to I can play anywhere. Do, do, you, uh, do, you, do you literally write a CV? I did. Because, Is that what you do? Well, this is what I did. Back then, not every 15-year-old, 14-year-old had an agent. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have an agent until I was 20-odd anyway. Yeah. But um, it was a case of, I've always been taught you don't ask, you don't get. Um, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm not a beggar, but if I don't ask, you don't get. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, it was at the time when we just finished school. Um, so at school, you'd just done your your CV for, in terms of working CVs. Yeah, course, yeah. You'd just learned how to put it together. So I just implemented those, that structure into a football CV. So Brilliant. from there, I just wrote, yes, yeah, so I wrote, you know, teams played for, doesn't matter to them, but it's like Wolf and Forest Youth, Grasshoppers, Positions Played, um, Gold Scored, Height, Weight, um, you know, and, yeah. and ultimately yeah. I said, whether it was the thing that, made them actually read it because I'd sent a CV rather than saying, please, can you give me a trial? Um, then obviously they, they noticed it. And and for me, the best thing that ever happened was obviously Luton came two days after mm-hmm. I sent the letter mm-hmm. and, and I went straight there and never looked back. You know, it's the, the best oh. thing that ever happened to me because, you know, if I think to Wimbledon, if I'd got a scholar there, they end up turning him to MK Dons and moving a couple of years into it. So that might've been a difficult thing to then be at home, to then uproot and, Everything like that. So, um, yes, best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. And in your career today, Kurt, would you say the best player is that you played with so far? The best player, um, <laughs> unfortunately for you, look, would be Ashley Young. Okay, yeah. No, Ashley was, Young, yeah. Um, at, at, at my time, obviously, at the other side, yeah, he was he was phenomenal. Yeah, he was, was unplayable at times. Yeah. And um, I don't want to be waxing lyrical about a, a, a villain, but... Um, yeah, it's, it, he was he was fantastic, literally. And and when you talk about the good players we had in our team, in terms of Gabby was flying. Um, again, I shouldn't say that word on you. No. No. He, 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 he was flying. Um, Language. Yeah, That's Gareth obviously. Yeah, Gareth was a was a, obviously a top player. We still had Milner, people like that. But if we chips were down, the, the game plan was get the ball to Ash. Yeah, and he'd yeah, make yeah. something happen. About, and that, that's how good he was. And what about at Blues? Who would you say at Blues was the best player you played with? Um, that's a that's a difficult one. I, I'd probably say in terms of the ruthlessness, I'd, I'd possibly go with Kingy. Yeah. Just because he was just ruthless, just yeah. natural goal scorer. Um, yeah. Like I say, ruthless personality in terms of he'll tell you exactly what he thinks, which yeah. again, like I say, with our squad, probably you know mixed it up a bit rather than everyone being nicey-nicey. Mm. Um, but yeah, just a ruthless finisher. He goes through on goal. I'm, I'm ready to turn him back to, to the halfway line, thinking that he's going to score. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of so. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. But saying that, I will say, sorry, Chris Burke as well, because oh, yeah. Burkey, that first season, particularly more so, second season, he was good as well. But 
first season, unplayable. I think he got yeah, something yeah. like nine goals and about 14 assists. Mm, um, yeah. So Berkey was was unreal that season as well, which obviously helps Kingy get those goals. Mm. And what about against, Curtis? Who's who the best player you've ever played against, would you say? Like, who's give you the... So, um, <laughs> best I've ever played against <clears throat> would be um, Alexis Sanchez. And oh. Arsenal, Alexis Sanchez, not the man you won. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> not his brother. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he... When I speak about the best players I've played against, it's usually... It's the likes of Tevez, Aguero, Sanchez, the South Americans, obviously Rooney, fantastic as well, because he's got yeah. that same kind of bite. But it's the ones that they'll run with you, they'll jump with you, they'll fight with you, they'll chase you back... There, but then they'll do all of that, all the hard work and all the, the gritty bits of the game. But when they get the ball to their feet, they've still got quality. Mm. Yeah. And that's what Sanchez had. And, you know, during his time at Arsenal, I think probably played whole three, maybe four times. And I think he scored about six goals. Yeah, because you he, scored he, two. You scored two in the FA Cup final for Hull, didn't you? Against I scored Arsenal. one. I scored, the, I scored the second one. We put us 2 new up. What, but he, he, okay. Yeah, but he wasn't, he wasn't at, he wasn't at um, Arsenal at that time. It was Giroud up front that day. But... Um, but in general, he was just a player that, like I say, you can try everything with him, <clears throat> but he'll find another way. Yeah. He, 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 you know, I said, I'm I'm probably about six inches taller than him, but he'll still jump with you and he's yeah. got a decent leap on him. So and now mm. and then he'll shock you and win a header. Mm. And when you've got someone that's willing to go every single inch of the game with you and you're always constantly over your shoulder, where is he, where is he? Um, it's, a, it's a long afternoon, put it that way. Especially Arsenal back then, um, with all due respect, we're top four team pushing yeah, yeah. all the yeah. way. You know, obviously we're winning at every FA Cup kind of every year, but still top four team pushing all the time. Had likes of Ozil in the team. Um, very excellent players in the team that you have to worry about all of them. So you can't even just focus on Sanchez. And that was the issue. If you can focus on yeah. one player, it's easy. But yeah. when you've got good players all throughout the team, it's a, it was a difficult few afternoons playing against him. Yeah, sure, sure. We've got a brilliant comment coming in from Jason Hughes as well, one of our regular viewers. He just said, Curtis scored two goals v Watford in my lad's first ever Blues game in a 3-0 win against Watford in uh, January 2012. Yeah, that was special because um, being an ex-Luton player, getting a brace against Watford was nice. Um, but it was my dad's birthday as well that day. It was my dad's was birthday, it? 21st oh, wow. of January. So it was my dad's wow. birthday. So it was, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good day. Obviously, I got the first one. I remember, I think it was Keith Farhi whipped one in and it was kind of an instinctive like stooping header but it ended up being a bullet went in the top corner I was like oh nice that's a good header run off to my dad <laughs> celebrating and then the second one was like I think I jumped about nine foot came to the it was like a overhit um corner it went to the back seat I'm not sure it was Jordan much took that one this time or um or still Berkey but I just leapt above everyone and just smashed it in but it was like if you see me at the end of the game we're 3-0 up and I should really just be defending. But we've had a free kick. I end up staying up top and I'm I, I'm spinning to the back post, like screaming for the ball. Yeah, trying <laughs> <laughs> to get a hat-trick. And even when, when Berkey scores, because Berkey scored the third goal, um, I'm kind of in the box and I'm screaming for the ball and he scores. And I almost had that second of, you know, when you talk about the selfish striker that's not happy if he hasn't scored. Mm. I almost had that second of, oh, he should have gave me the ball to... I just like I celebrated with him. You see my paws like, like almost upset that he didn't pass me the ball, but that was big. And I scored a brace against um, Barnsley as well um, yeah. in the second season with Clarkie on Boxing Day. Yeah, so that was yeah, that was a that was a good day as well, especially you know Christmas. Yeah, 
family obviously came up to the game and, and stuff. Well, my missus was there and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was it was a, a good game to, to get. A Kurt, we'll, we'll just come back to you, Kurt. Uh, I just want to move on a little bit. Um, Craig, um, we've got some other special guests here with us. Maybe you can pick up on the story. Yeah, so um, we are obviously joined by Sharon, uh, Dave, Ryan uh, and the family. Uh, and for for all of our viewers, you'll remember that uh, a few weeks ago now, mm-hmm. we yeah. um, were sending goodwill messages uh, to Dave after he had been unfortunately taken ill in the Tilton and... We stayed in touch with Sharon uh, and Ryan via social media, got all the updates. We'd obviously got the video uh, of the guests, etc., together and um, really pleased, really pleased indeed to have Dave joining us this evening. Um, and uh, it's a, a, a way really of us making sure that, uh, Dave, you, you continue to, to get well. And I understand Sharon as well, uh, and also from Ryan that, you wanted to, to pass on your, your thanks to not just the listeners, but the fans overall. And, and I think especially those people in the Tilton Road on that particular day. You know, I, I was there. I wasn't in that particular block. I was by the side. But to see the way the fans rallied, supported and helped was just absolutely fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. So I guess Sharon, I can hand over to yourself to see, you know, if you wanted to say a few words and, and Dave as well. Sharon, maybe maybe you could pick up the story as well, Sharon, and tell us the full story because a lot of people probably don't don't know. I don't actually know the full story. Um, what you know? <laughs> Dad, Dad was um, because Dad doesn't remember, mm. um, which is probably a good thing. Um, but a good friend of his, he he was at the, uh, he, I think he, at the game starting. Yes, it was well into. Mm, yeah. Was it? No, yeah, was see, it? I'm, I'm, I'm... Knowing yeah. granddaddy turned up late. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually hadn't had a beer, which was uh, oh. quite astonishing. <laughs> There's something wrong there. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'd been to Duran Duran the night before, you see, in town. Mm. So um, I think he was probably, me, me and my dad, Party, shall we say? Oh, yeah, <laughs> Dad yeah. always outdoes me, and uh, <laughs> and um, we we had quite a light night. So uh, I think it was a, a little bit. Um, Come back about one o'clock in the afternoon with his big coat on, a bit dishevelled. Dirty stockers. <laughs> and actually, wasn't going to go the blues that night. Um, he, he felt that rough, but uh, well, not rough, but he, he didn't quite feel himself. Um, <laughs> And he was, uh, you know, am I going to go the blues? And thank God he did because, you know, mm-hmm. we'd, we'd be sitting here with him now if, if, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that there, there was ambulances, you know, obviously, and, you know, all the right people, you know, at the football. I mean, it's watching um, Newcastle, you know, a couple mm. of weeks later, yeah. you know, knowing what we'd just been through was horrifying. Dad yeah. actually come running in. Yeah. But Dad actually come running in, going, "Oh, what, what, what happens then? What happens?" You know, and 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 I'm sitting there feeling sick to my stomach, absolutely like, you know, oh my God, you know, knowing what the guy's family's going to go through and and are going through, and and Dad's like, you know, but what happened? Because he, he doesn't remember any. But um, you know, Martin Green was the guy sitting next to him, you know, a good friend of ours, and he's my hero. You know, he took him to, the, you know, he was with him to the hospital. I was actually work at work doing meds. Um, so I'd, luckily, I'd got my phone right next to me, 
and um and I, I, no one told me anything. I just said, you know, can you know, he's he's had a bit of a funny turn. He's that, um, you know, what's his date of birth, etc. And I'm just like, oh, you know, it, it just doesn't hit you at all. <laughs> no, I've got to say, on on that particular day, the you know, there's a, there's an awful lot of of should we say negative uh, messages that that we see and hear about in terms of the the stewarding and the way people are there to support. But on, on that particular day, I'll never forget. They, they were just brilliant. They were absolutely superb. Well, fantastic. Um, and, and all credit to, you know, from myself, I said it before, but all credit to every single one of them that was there and, and supporting on, on that particular day. And I know, Ryan, from, from your Twitter feeds and, and information, you were saying exactly the same thing was, that those those people in and around just just helped massively and uh, yeah you know massive kudos to to everyone at the club uh, and I will say I've I've also said that uh, to to people at the club to say how well they did and it was you know just fantastic to have such a positive uh, outcome to to everything that happened that mm. particular day. We have got some fantastic supporters, really have. Oh, yeah. I heard that, you know, the way they parted, um, you know, and moved out of the way and everything was, was phenomenal. And I've just heard positive, positive, positive from everybody that was there. And, you know, poor Ryan, you know, he, he, he hears and he doesn't even know it's his granddad, you know. And gave, gave messages through during, I couldn't go to the game because I was ill. That'd be COVID jab a couple of days before, so I won't the game. Mm. And... You sort of seeing the messages pop through saying, oh, what's happening in block nine? I don't know why. For some reason, I thought it was in block two, even though it's shut. So it didn't even cross my mind. And then obviously, sort of messages are popping through. And then Brett called me with about 15 minutes to go. And I just looked at my phone and went, Blues are playing, what are you calling me for? <laughs> Threw my phone down. Then the text messages started coming through. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Crikey. Just a strange, um, well, I suppose a bit of a strange evening there. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we're still kind of half piecing together what happened on the night. I think yeah. my auntie kind of got the full story, but we kind of avoided sort of asking too many questions about yeah. what happened on the night and um, just can't say thank you enough to, I mean, obviously, you mentioned Martin, mentioned the stewards, the ambulance, and obviously, I all the see friends you. around. Because the doctor actually, the doctor from the Blues, from what I know, travelled in the ambulance with my dad till he got to the hospital, which above and beyond, well, I mean, I don't know if that's regulation or, you know, above mm. and beyond, I mean. Fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Poor dad, he's completely like, you know, he doesn't remember a thing and he, it's so like. <laughs> and and, and how, how is your dad now? Like Saturday, yeah. uh, from a, an induced coma in hospital mm. on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday don't exist to me. But mm. I get the feedback from the children and uh, and from friends that were at the game that mentioned not names but certain people uh, reacted quicker than others, uh, which could have helped save my life, Rola, in the yeah. Tilton uh, supporters. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the first time I've got in there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was an it was absolute amazing sight. I was at the other end of the ground, and I, I saw all these people walking around the ground. I thought, 
some silly protest about the stand not being open or something. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was an exact amount of seats that were empty, and I thought it can't it can't be that. And then pe- people started to understand what was going on, and and it it, it was an absolutely amazing sight to see all these people le- leaving their seats and getting out the way, uh, mm. and then people attending you, and it, it was. It was remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you think the worst. Oh, what are these silly idiots doing running around? The, but they were they were saving your life. You know, they were getting out of the way so people could get to you. It's fantastic. Yeah. From yeah. what I've heard, it was like a parting of the waves. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. 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 It's just incredible. I mean, we, we will do the rounds at some point, you know, and, go take chocolates and, you know, whatever else, you know, at some point just mm. to whoever, you know. But like I said, we're still piecing it together at the moment. Um, and, and and also, Craig, we, a, lot of, a lot of former players and, and so forth got, got together and, and put a video together for us, didn't they? They oh, did. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and do you know what that said? What hmm? have they done that for? That's <laughs> <laughs> Because we enjoy doing it. Sorry, he's going to kill me later. But no, because he doesn't comprehend it, he just can't. Sorry, that. And I understand that the club got in touch as well um, and uh, you'd have had good wishes from from the club as well, which I think is is fantastic. I mean, we always say it, and Curtis will remember from his time there as well, but we are a family club at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Everybody is there for each other. Mm. Yeah, we've had definitely. so much uh, well dad's had you know he's had um, a signed shirt someone got in touch then with Ryan and framed the shirt um, yep. cool. someone's got in touch and said you know want to have a VIP dinner in the Jasper Carrot oh. box and you know um, uh, you know, an experience for that and, and we're waiting on which dad doesn't know about the, the <laughs> Possible visit from a player or two from the club. Sorry, Dad. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I, know, I think the big thing, though, is like because every time something happens, Granddad's sort of looking around and going, What are they doing it for me for? Mm. But it's kind of always easy to say, but Granddad is one of the most generous people around. And we keep having to tell him that if this happened to somebody else, he'd be at the front door. Oh, and he'd be doing all yeah, sorts yeah. Of absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of hard to tell him and hard for him to accept. But that's never been ill a day in his life, basically. So this is all completely new to him, and he hasn't got a clue about you know seventy one, not been ill. Doctor, don't even know where the doctors is, basically. Mm, I mean, mm, mm. you know, lucky, lucky, lucky. Yeah, <laughs> it's great to see you're on the men, mate. Anyway, in the yeah, fantastic, no, no, no. absolutely brilliant, really, really well. Uh, so, so back to Curtis. We we need to look at your uh, one to eleven, don't we? We do, oh, Chris. Just uh, before we do, yeah, sure. I've got I've got a question, Curtis. From um, well, if if I ask you the question, you might know where it's come from. Uh, it's two. <laughs> it's, two it's two things. I don't like this. the first thing is can you tell us I know it isn't at Birmingham but apparently there's a little bit of a funny story about an Albion trip to Dubai and (laughs) also um, arrange the possibilities of your international call-ups because I believe there were three countries that you could have played for Um, 
Yeah, so I'll start <laughs> with the. Um, I'm guessing this is carts, by the way. It's um, actually it's not carts. It's not carts. Yeah. Hmm. You're close. He's very good friends with carts. Oh, Luke. It is Luke. Yeah, Luke Carroll. <laughs> there we go. Um, so the Dubai trip that was just um, that was the beginning of the end for our season, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> at West Brom, we'd obviously been in and around the relegation, and then we had the Dubai trip planned because it was a free week for, because of, um, I don't think it's international. I think it might have been, we were out of the FA Cup or something like that. So a bit of team bonding was was booked. We were going to go to Dubai on the uh, Sunday morning or Saturday night, wherever it was, or Sunday morning, sorry. But we played Fulham. So we played Fulham in London. Um, first of all, we we played the game. We lost 6-1. I think they had seven shots and scored six. Never great for a defender, um, but you know, and uh, and then from there, after that, we didn't win a game. Um, we did that. So that was kind of the curtailed our season as such. But um, in terms of this trip, I wasn't 21 yet. Um, so it was just before I was turning 21. So, so I don't want to get banned from Dubai or anything. Um, but in England, you get away with it. You just like, Nah, he looks looks old enough. He'll be fine. But in Dubai, you had to show ID everywhere. <sighs> so we had to do some like CSI type, because basically you're allowed to take out a photocopy of your of your passport rather than taking the whole thing. So I had to use Daz's passport, as in Darren Carter's Darren Carter's passport. Have a photocopy of that. Then photocopy mine. Stick on the picture. Refotocopy it. So basically, there were two Darren Carters going in the club at the same time. <laughs> but we had to stagger it. And I had to go in, like, be it 10 minutes later, just to make sure. Because if they look at it, I think we've both got exactly the same name and exactly the same birth, date of birth. This is a bit suspicious. So I think that's that's the story he's given anyway. Any, anything else other than that, I'm not too sure. <laughs> other, than, other, than, other than Robbo, you know, other than Robbo um, being in the pool for, for 12 hours a day. And, um, and drinking everyone under the table. I don't think there was much else. <laughs> um, Craig, is, yeah, that the full, and... is that the full story, Craig? <laughs> so, to, to be honest, all I was given was Albion trip to Dubai, so this is even worse. I think there was a fire extinguisher let off as well um, in the hotel, which, which cost someone a lot of money. Um, pr- probably someone that's been on this podcast was involved in that as well. So that, that might be giving it his way as well. You never, you never know. Uh, Mark, uh, you've, Mark, you've been quiet. Have you got any questions for Kurtz? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, fa- just fascinated listening. I was going to say, it's a good listener. A lot of Sorry, I didn't answer the national one, did I either? Um, yeah, the national yeah, national. Sorry, I'll, I'll, yeah, I waffled on. Um, so obviously I could play for England, play for the 21s. Um, I'd been involved with the England squad in terms of 30s. And I was on the bench against Germany in uh, 2008. Um, but I could have played for Ireland um, via my grandmother. But the, I, if if my nan was Irish, Irish, I, I would have. There would have been some pride in it. But my nan was. I'm probably the last person that should have played for Ireland. Basically, my nan was born in the north because my great granddad was in the British Army. Oh yeah, yeah. So. I would have been the last person that should have played for Republic of Ireland, really. If you're going by those yeah. premises, I should, yeah. So, um, so that kind of, but she, yeah. So she was born to English parents in Ireland and came back home. So there was no Irish blood as such. Yeah, so there was no yeah. pride in it. And the other one is Sierra Leone. So my dad's 
Oh, wow. My dad was born there, Sierra Leonean. Um, and again, I probably would have thought about it a little bit earlier. Um, you know, I was holding on to the England dream, of course, you know, even at my time in Hull, um, I was 28 years old and there was still talks I could possibly get in the squad. Um, but I probably would have given it up and, and played for Sierra Leone. But, you know, since my time of being a footballer, you've had um, obviously conflict in terms of wars. Mm. You've had Ebola. Um, obviously, then COVID hits and, you know, it's not the strongest FA financially. So I don't know what kind of conditions I'd be leaving my club to go for an international, getting all the way to be at Sierra Leone or if you're going to play in, you know, wherever, mm. Guinea or wherever, wherever you're playing um, to know what it was going to be like. And I think, um, you know, they've just now got to their, the African nations. And even then, you know, if I had declared to try and play and try and be the glory hunter that nicked a place in the African nations squad, do you really want to leave your club for a month in January? Mm. Um, it's, the, it's the thing that always put me off. If they were on the European calendar, it, it might have been a, an easier decision because, you know, my, I know I've got family out there that always look out for me and, and would be proud of it. Um, but for me, it was just my club career came first because it was too hard. Because, you know, in football, if you're gone for a month in January, especially a centre-half, you lose your place. You won't get it back. Yeah. Yeah. Curtis, have you been yeah. over there? I've not been. No, no. Never my been. dad literally, unfortunately, my dad's only been back three times since he left. And he left in, so he was born 57. He left in 71. Oh, and he wow. don't, he's only he's only been back three times for bereavements. All right. Yeah, for for the the death of his um his auntie, his uncle, and his and my my nan, his, his mother. So mm. they're the only times he's been back. So for me, it was never like, you know, my dad wasn't going over for a month in the holidays, and then we go over as well. It was just a case of, um, yeah, it's it's never come around, but it's meant to be a beautiful place, and I, I do want to go there, but I kind of want to go there and and do something. You know, I don't just mm. want to turn up to be like, oh, yeah, it's nice, hey, whatever. I want to try and do something, be it with football, be it with charity, whatever it's going to be. I'd, I'd like to go over there and do something um, and have a purpose of going there. Yeah. Mm. Rob, Robbo asked me to say hello to you, Curtis, and he said he'll see you Saturday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Robbo. Yeah, I forget he's, he's with Gaz now. Um, yeah, obviously, mm. Gaz being my old manager, Robbo being my teammate, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Talking talk of... Sorry, Curtis, talking to managers, uh, Marlon uh, King sent us a message before the show. And he reckons you'd make a good manager. Oh, that's one of the questions um, on the shout box. <laughs> was it? Mm. Uh, I think it's it's an interesting one, really. I think, you know, I've I've been captain everywhere I've been, um, in terms of not necessarily the club captain, but I've captained pretty much every side I've been other than Leicester, which was a loan spell. Um, so I've had managers before say to me that they can see it in me. Um I don't know, with me at the moment, I, you know, when you're playing, it's hard to visualize it I think if I if I think of it now I'd sooner be the manager than the coach as such I'd sooner mm. be making decisions and and be enforcing my personality onto people you know that that man management side and things like that I think that would be my strength I'm not saying I couldn't coach a team but I think my strength would be in you know controlling the players having um, them trying to get them yeah. on the side and, and that side of it um, yeah. but yeah but you know I think I think it's like anything what once you retire, it will become clear. Mm -hmm. um, and the big thing with management and coaching, I've always said, you're better off being someone's good friend than being a good coach. It's very yeah. clicky. Mm -hmm. So you're going to need to be a coach somewhere first to obviously get your name in the door. 
Mm. And then uh, and then you go from there and then maybe you get the bug for it and want to do more. But um, I think there will be a time when even if, you know, I finish football and then I go into the media, I think there'll be something that pulls me back. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 one of those things that I think football's in me and and to not be part of it eventually would would get to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, think, yeah I think that's a yes. Good question here from Steve Portman, actually. He just said best best manager Curtis has played under, not necessarily the most decorated. So I'd say the best in terms of the most impressive um was Marco Silva at Hull. Okay, yeah. And uh, the reason I say that, obviously, I've played for some good managers and, and some very well-respected managers. And I didn't necessarily play every game for Marco Silva, but he came into a, a squad that was basically in a relegation fight down. I think we were bottom, if not second bottom. Um, and fair enough, he brought in a couple of players, but he just is meticulous nature in training, his attention to detail. It just, it blew me away. The fact that, you know... Listen, we didn't stay up at the end of the day. We did still go down, but he managed to turn us into a side that were rolling over pretty much every week, wherever we went, to a team that we'd go to the big teams and actually compete. We might still get beat, but we're actually going to games and competing rather than being like, we're just going to hang on, hang on, hang on. You know, we ended up beating Liverpool 2 0 at um, the KC. We had some good results here and there. We beat West Ham, beat teams like that. But it was just his meticulous nature. We'd do a team shape and it would last, it could last for five minutes or 45 minutes. You don't mm. know at the start of it. Mm. And he'd be, you know, we're going to do this throwing from over here, right side. Mm. And he'd make you do it 20 times to get it right. And then even though you got it right on the right hand side, he'd let it, let it flow for another couple of minutes. Left hand side, I want to do it again. So the left hand thrower knows what he's doing. And mm. it was just things like that. So, so basically from that, from our same group of players pretty much there was accountability and you can see that I know where if I were playing left wing I know where I need to be when the ball's over there if I were playing centre mid centre forward I know exactly where every person on the pitch needs to be so if someone falls short you can be on them hey need you there and and I think that's what he brought into the team and and for me I'm surprised that it didn't work out for him at, at what Watford obviously Watford Watford they sack managers whenever um, but I'm surprised it didn't work out for him at Everton <laughs> yeah, I, do, yeah. I, I don't know if it's the fact you have too many players yeah. and you know the, the harmony in the camp when you've got a good yeah. group of players that all think they should be playing I don't know if that was the case yeah. but um, yeah I, I totally back him to, to get Fulham back up this season yeah, well, yeah. these yeah. under nine numbers were good at Everton as well before he got sacked I think I think Everton was a club at, at that time. I think they've gone a bit more realistic now. Um, I say realistic. They've obviously got Rafa there, but I mean, they obviously had free transfers and that this summer. But I think then, because they were spending all the money, they thought, well, hang on. I've got Guilfrey Sixon was 40 million. I've got him that he was 30 million. I've got him. And they're thinking mm. they can all just play and they're going to win games. I think I think mm. that's the mindset. If we spend as much as everyone else, we're going we're gonna to get in the top four. Whereas, no, actually, you've bought three number 10s. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You've bought yeah, three number yeah. 10s and actually you probably needed a new centre-half. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So things like that were happening at the club and, and the fact that you change manager, you've then got a manager taking over other managers' players mm. and that becomes a problem. So um, I think he yeah. was, I guess, victim of that and he caught the back end of, of that kind of um, madness at Everton. Mm-hmm. 
going back, I've always, sorry, sorry, Paul. I've always wanted to know, you know, going back to after we just won the Carling Cup, going back, you know, people talk about a cup hangover and all this stuff. Do you reckon that was true, Curtis, um, for, for Blues? I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say that. I, I don't think, I don't think the lads thought they'd cracked it by any means. I, I couldn't say, no. you know, I was turning up in training and, and lads are like thinking, yeah, giving it chip on their shoulder. That that wasn't the case. Obviously, lads would have enjoyed their weekend um, well, and probably milked it for a couple of weeks. But still, yeah. we knew we had a job to do. We knew that we had to get ourselves out of situation. But like I said, the, the hangover of anything was in the manager's head. Mm. And, and yeah. just the fact that, you know, if, if something was going wrong, he'd always try and revert as much as he could to that team. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, but, but ultimately, you know, we weren't, we weren't good enough in the end, no. regardless of whether it was attitude, whether it was ability, we didn't show enough to stay up. No. You know, there wasn't there wasn't a, a fleeting time where you thought, well, we've got these two, three wins, we should be all right. And then we've accidentally, we've dropped off again. It There was never that that big bounce after that cup final, I don't believe. No. How, how, did, how did you feel <laughs> on a personal level? You know, when we went to the final and all the rest of it, knowing that you were cup-tied, how did that feel... Mm-hmm. Could you sort of fully enjoy it or, you know, were you a little bit pang of, you know, um, the jealousy or? No, no nothing at all. I, I, I can almost say I had similar at Villa that mm. I was in the stands because I was, I'd been pied <laughs> off. But I still mm. wanted the lads to win for them. Do you know what I mean? Like, so that, that was my big thing. With, with Blues obviously going to the final, my big thing was if we win, we're in Europe. Mm. Yeah, we can have a European tour. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so that yeah. was yeah, my yeah. big thing. So yeah. I'm on the pitch celebrating, like, like with Oba. But I know I'm not yeah. getting. As soon as the trophy came out, I was out of the way. I don't want to be that guy with full kit on, trying to <laughs> get in the front <laughs> of the pictures. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I mean. I, I didn't want to be that guy because I'd not earned it, and that, and that's the big thing. If if I had played in, maybe you know, even if I played in two, three of the rounds, I might have been a little bit <sighs> angry, but I'd not contributed anything towards it. So therefore, you guys go and enjoy your day and go and win the game. So that, that's fine with me. It's obviously disappointing because I played 13, 14 minutes um, to be cup-tied. Mm. But in the end, I, you know, in hindsight, I wouldn't have played the game anyway. So it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't make a difference really anyway. And if you're on the bench and you get a medal, have yeah. you earned that medal still? As I said, I hadn't played a minute. So is that a medal that you're really proud of? Um, mm. My... my Personality, obviously, I'll take it and I'll put it in the safe, but I won't begin there. Oh, here's my Carling Cup medal yeah. because it wasn't my, it wasn't earned by me, it was earned by those lads that went out on pitching mm-hmm. and actually did the, the dirty work. I still yeah. remember seeing you that day in the corner flag actually celebrating yeah. with the team, but also as much with the fans. And it was, it was just a great, yeah, it, yeah, one that sticks <clears> with everybody. But when you've got people like yourself that weren't playing but still were there celebrating, shows the camaraderie that was within that team at that mm. point in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah that's it. It was that's what I said. I said, like, I, I could easily have been the bit of one, like, Arsenal should have beat us today. So, Arsenal flipping, not usually, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that, that wasn't that, that never entered my head. I'm not I'm I'm not like that. I'm I'm even if it is I should I thought I should be playing ahead of that person or anything, that wouldn't have because I still regardless whether I think I should be playing ahead of you or not, I still want you to succeed because you're my mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's just that's always been my attitude, you know. I've always yeah. I've always said you you back your own worth. So my big thing is I know my own worth, and if I'm not at it, I know it. So if you take me out of the team, I'm probably gonna accept it reluctantly yeah. mm-hmm. but well, I know at the same time if I'm not in the team but they're doing nothing wrong even though I think I can offer more than them 
if they're doing nothing wrong, there's no reason for them to come at a team. So that's always been kind of the way I am. And, and like I say, that Carling Cup situation was just watch the lads, actually watching it as a fan for the first yeah. time in ages, watching a game as a fan and just being able to enjoy it. And obviously, how could you not be excited by the way it ended? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you Do you know what I mean? How could, you, how, could I, how could I be mm. sat there all numb like, mm, they're actually going to win this? Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I was obviously running after Obar and... Obviously, um, after the game, it was just yeah, it was it was mad. It was brilliant. Yeah. I, I don't care. I don't. I've said this a few times on here now, and I don't care. I'm going to say it again. So, Curtis, you was there with us to witness the only West Midlands club to win a major trophy in high definition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I saw I saw it in proper high definition because I was there. So that's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Curtis, when when uh, when you joined West Brom, uh, it was rumored that uh, we were competing for your signature. Now, was was that true? Did you did you ever have uh, talks with us at the time? Um, and why did you decide not to come? <laughs> no, so this is this is actually a, a good story. So I, I didn't have an agent. So my agent, I was with the PFA, so they helped me with my contract to loot and stuff like that. I didn't have an agent because all the agents that came for me were blood-sucking leeches, um, yeah. want me, did, no, but they, they didn't want me the year before when I was um, a third year pro, uh, scholar and I was like trying to make my way in the game and then as soon as I played a first team game they were all on me oh yeah like when they've actually signed my, uh, my mates so they'd signed some of my mates they'd, mm-hmm. they'd sign them up but they're like oh hi Curtis don't want to speak to me and then all of a sudden move it three months six months later they're trying yeah. to get me because I've played I've played in every game for the first team and we've won the first nine of the first 10 and all of a sudden, oh, hang on. So yeah. that's the reason I didn't have an agent. And then um, basically the, the manager, uh, Mike Newell, obviously played for the club and he, he'd kind of mentioned that um, like Birmingham are coming to watch you and stuff like that, like around the just January kind of time and they had a look obviously, but didn't come in because I don't think the club would have sold me then anyway. Um, and then from there... Um, I end up staying this season. I end up getting winning League One, getting in the team of the year and getting player of the division, going to the cha- championship, start well in the championship against the Premier League relegated teams. And I think that was my window to prove. We played Palace the first game. We just got relegated. We won 2-1, beat Southampton in the second game, 3-2, had just been relegated. And in the third game, we played Leeds, drew 0-0 and Ned just been relegated the year before. So it was a good market for me to show how I am against Premier League players. You know, Andy Johnson got the golden boot the year before, marked him out of the game. So that was yeah. my market. And then West Brom, I literally, again, didn't have an agent. I'm walking around shopping my mates in Romford in, in Essex and I get a call from the gaffer and I'm thinking, what have I done wrong? <laughs> why, is, why is the gaffer calling me on the day off? Should I have been in? Should I have done something like panicking? Kind of? And he goes, oh, um, Kurt, just letting you know that West Brom have come in. And uh, we want you to go talk to him. So I had to call the PFA, went up for a chat, um, got up there, blah, 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 go into the chat with, um, it was Nigel Pearson and Jeremy Peace at the time and Brian, Brian Robson was away. And um, basically they've offered me a deal and I think they thought I was a stupid kid that just wants to go to the Premier League. And of course I, I wanted to go to the Premier League, but I knew my worth. Like I said, I know my worth. They're buying me for three million, which was a joint record fee. And they were offering me what I could have got at Luton in my next deal. Wow. So I said, I turned around to the chairman and turned around to Nige and said, um, thank you for the opportunity, but but no, thank you. Um, I'm going to go back to Luton. So we got in the car as we we're leaving West Brom. Um, Brucey's on the phone to uh, my agent and he's saying, Phil, Phil, get him to wait. 
get him to wait. I, I can get him in January. I can't, I can't do it now. I can do it in January. We haven't, I haven't got a budget now, but I'll do it in January. Just tell him to wait for us in January. He, he, I want him, blah, blah. And then, you know, that was like, well, in my head, I'm going back to Luton. I'll stay till January and I'll go to Blues. But then <laughs> halfway down, I was almost, I think I was on the M1 actually, almost heading home. Brian Robson's called from, I think he was at his place in Spain, I think. He's called and said, oh, what's happening? Why have you been asking for X amount of money? We're like, we didn't even ask for anywhere near that. We just got told, this is what we're offering you. Take it or leave it. And we said no. So he's been told lies. And then all of a sudden they came back. They managed to get a much better deal on the table. And I went and signed and that was it. And and again, regardless of the relegation, it's the best thing that happened to me because I went there and I played 33 Premier League games after pretty much being in League One the season before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's the best baptism. And then, yeah, and, and that was it. And obviously it ended up coming around the long way that, I obviously played for Blues, but I also played for Brucey. Um, but yeah, yeah. but it, it's, it's just one of those things. It just just wasn't meant to be at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we better get on to your one to eleven, Curtis. Time's getting away from us now. Yeah, yeah, it's I, gone. I, I, can, I, I can half waffle me. So, there's, yeah. there's a hell of a lot of questions. <laughs> we have to apologise to everybody. There's, we just haven't had the time to get through all the questions. Really sorry, but Paul, follow up. So yeah, so what we do now? Obviously, we asked you to pick your strongest eleven, David, that you played with the Blues. Yeah. Um, what's the uh, well? First and foremost, obviously, I presume. Well, who's the manager? First and foremost, I presume manager Chris Chris Hewton, of course. Chris Hewton, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Can't look anywhere else other than Chris Hewton. Um, yeah. Again, personal relationship with Alex McLeish, fine. Um, but as a manager, not for me. Yeah. And Lee Clark, again, personal relationship. But I think with Clarkie in his time, um, I think he'd admit it as well. He's a bit of a hothead at times. So with me, fine. I'm an older player. I can take it. Um, but some of those young players crumbled under him, I think. And that's why I think we, we struggled a bit. If I'm the honest. players? Yeah, a few of the young... Yeah, the players. The players. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so my that's my manager, Chris Hewton. Okay, four my shape. Yeah. Shape is a is a, I'm, I'm more modern rather than just going four 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 two. That's old school. I'm going uh, four two three one. Um, so I'll start with my. You're not rolling it out from the keeper, are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm playing everywhere. You know, <laughs> modern day now. Um, so I'll start with my goalkeeper. Goalkeeper, I had to go with um, Jack Butland. Um, obviously, played with Colin Doyle and played with Boaz Myhill um, in my time there. But Jack, as a young kid coming into that team, was a Rolls Royce. Yeah. Um, I always said, you know, when you see him in training, and I've always said about, especially young keepers, because of his size and he was already good, he'll be unbelievable because he doesn't need to adapt to growing because sometimes you get the, the tall, lanky, six-foot-free keeper, but he weighs 12 stone. And then all of a sudden, as he gets older, he grows to 14, 15 stone, but he needs to adapt to his body, whereas Jack was already a unit. like He's mm. big, like, like a rugby player, Jack was. Mm. And, you know, coming into that team, again, it was, I think it was out of the blue because, you know, I think Doyle thought he was going to be number one. Because obviously Boaz went back to West Brom, Doyler was still there, so he thought I'm going to be number one. But mm. Jack was promoted, I think, because there'd been sniffs around him, of course, because he always mm. played for the England youth groups. And he came in and yeah, was brilliant that season. You know, yeah. he, he got he got sold in the January to Stoke and stayed obviously on loan. But yeah, I, I'm I'm just um, listen. He's still still at a Premier League club in, in Palace, but I think it's sliding doors moments again that if he'd got the nod ahead of Pickford. We would talk. We're talking a totally different conversation. 
because mm. I, I, it, mm. I'm, I'm biased. But in my opinion, at, at that time, he was pulling up trees for Stoke and I thought he should have been the number one for England. Yeah, he just needed um, that break. A bit like Ramsdale. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he, Ramsdale he, now, he was he? injured when Pickford came in, wasn't he? He, he was... Well, he was yeah, off. I think, yeah, they were... They were, they were. were. It's basically them two fighting for it. You know, both of them were, were young and, and yeah. it was kind of one of them, once you get in at that age... Yeah. You probably are going to be the keeper for the next ten years, barring yeah. lack of form. And yeah, you made Pickford's, on it, yeah. Yeah, and Pickford's never let England down. So, but Jack, obviously, the other side of it, I think, his price tag killed him because yeah. I think because Pickford went for thirty million to Everton, Stoke then would always ask for thirty million for Jack, even though they'd been relegated, and right. it just got him trapped. And then he started losing confidence, started losing, I guess, his head. And unfortunately, you know. He went backwards a bit, but I'm hoping in you know he's still relatively young. I think he's 28, so for a yeah. keeper, he's still got another 10 years. I, I hope to see him come back to the very top because yeah, he's yeah, a good lad. It's nice to see, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, good lad and good player. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. So Jackson goal, and then uh, my back four. I'll go. I'll go one at a time again. I'll go Stevie Carr. Yeah. Um. Can't look past Stevie Carr, captain, um, legend of a player in terms of going in there. You know, again, when you talk about personalities, talking about Marlon King would tell you Kari would tell you and and it was a sterner kind of just a look it's like a dad look you know when your dad tells you off rather than actually shouting and hollering at you like you just go you give me the ball and he just stare down at you and you're like just that look okay yeah it's the look. yeah it was just a look me and, yeah, no, yeah well that's it yeah then, and i'm not a scary person like when kari gave you that look you knew but what i will say is for kari one of the best pros i've ever played with he was 37 38 in that championship season he was on the bike Every day, sweating out like if, he, if the session wasn't hard enough for him, he'd go go on the bike, sweating out like literally for about forty minutes uh, up to an hour. Um, wow. He his condition in his body unbelievable, ripped. Um, could get up and down that pitch as much as anyone could. So for me, he he had to be in there. And 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 again, uh, when you get to know him and you get through the, the scary side of him. What a guy! What a top man as well, and mm. um, yeah, someone to look up to. What even me as an older player, I know I was twenty eight, but could look up to him and, and see, wow, this is what it takes to get to the top. Best right back I've ever seen by time at the Blues. Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah, fantastic. Um, and then I've got, I'll go two centre halves. I've got, I wasn't going to include myself because I think that's self indulgent, but I've gone for <laughs> Stevie Caldwell and, and Robbo. Obviously, Paul Robertson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Relationship with Stevie Caldwell that first season, um, hit the right ground running. Yeah, yeah, I think the partnership complemented each other nicely. Stevie was a was a fantastic footballer, um, good good te- technique. Um, I know he's he quite relatively, you know, people might question his mobility, but he was a great footballer. Uh, and I used to look after him in terms of cleaning up everything behind. I was quick, I was obviously dynamic, and um, and I think our partnership worked really well. And I think, with all due respect, if he'd been fit for those playoffs, it might have been a different story. Yeah, I think um, if it makes you feel any better, Kurt, it's Robbo. When Robbo did his team, he left himself out for you as well. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I was hoping he didn't have to leave himself out. I hope he had me in his team anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, but then obviously Robbo, alongside that, Robbo, I've, I've obviously been at West Brom with him. And then obviously years later, we reunite at Blues. And Robbo is exactly what you what you, you see on the tin, basically. You know, yeah, it yeah. gives you mm. determination. It gives you grit. It gives you heart. But also, again, good footballer. From being a fullback, he's a good footballer, can use the ball. Um, sometimes, you know, from a crowd, he could maybe get carried away with the crowd and make that crunching tackle that obviously is fantastic, gets crowds off their feet, but then it gets him on a booking sometimes and then you're walking tent hooks. Yeah. But 
again, fantastic lad, great for the group, young lads, older lads. Obviously, um, yeah, he, he's one that, yeah, as a person uh, as well, uh, again, still keep in touch with him, uh, fantastic yeah, yeah. guy and, and uh, yeah, someone I, I had the pleasure of playing with and, and really enjoyed playing with. And I'll go on to my left back. Uh, I'll go for Murph, David Murphy. Yeah. Uh, again, technician. Yeah. I, I know you, know, you always talk about lefties. Lefties always look like they've got better ability. It's just a, a sweetener thing on the left <laughs> foot. He always, but he had a, I've said it before, he's got a left foot that could up on the can of beans. Mm. It was honestly his technique. He could have played centre mid for us. Like yeah. he, he was a fantastic footballer. Um, delivery, um, get up and down the pitch. Again, good pro, looked after himself, um, knew that because he'd had problems before with his knee, looked after himself. And and yeah, because he stayed fit that, that season, he was fantastic. And um, Chipped him with some goals as well, didn't he? Yeah, and that's it. And, and well, again, because he's a good player, he just finds himself in the right place. And mm. again, technique-wise, he just needs to hit it. Just as long as he hits yeah. it with a good technique, on, he'll, he'll put it in top corner, no problem. Yeah, and um, and I think he's a player that if he'd stayed fit, he 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 could have played more games at the top level. Yeah. Particularly yeah, yeah. At, Mid- at Middlesbrough's home club, you'd think the players that came through there, the fact that he had to step away to make it, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he would have played hundreds of games for them because yeah. he's such a good footballer and and again, good guy. Quite more quiet than than I guess like the likes of Robbo, unassuming yeah. I guess shall we say, um, but yeah, really good lad. Mm-hmm. Why, why does nobody ever have a sweet right foot? <laughs> it's not a thing I, I know I, cer- I certainly haven't got one <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to give anyone else props for having one um, I think if we ever said anyone did it would be a Beckham or a De Bruyne but, um, but it's always the lefty just looks nicer on the eye I think um, but yeah I'll go into my two holding midfielders now uh, or controlling midfielders not holding they're not defensive I'll go with um, Jordan Much and Keith Fahey yeah now uh, Jordan Much I'll speak about him first again Young player, when I turned up and we were in the Premier League, I think he was another player that should have been playing. Because mm-hmm. watching him in training and seeing what he can do with the ball, as well as get up and down, be dynamic, make tackles, I was like, this kid, because obviously you kind of hear about these names, but this kid is brilliant. Like, why isn't he playing? But obviously we're going through experience and, and the players playing ahead of him had that experience. But for me, you know, I, I think of there was an Everton game where he started and I think he got man the match, scored a goal or, or maybe set up a goal. And I thought, this is him now. He's going to, then he took him out of the team next game kind of thing. So, mm. um, Jordan much for me. Yeah. Great technician. Um, championship level was too easy for him. That's why I ended up getting the move. And um, again, another one that unfortunately, I think injuries hampered his career and, and, you know, he's another one that should have done what Nathan Redmond's done and had a good, you know, be it 200, 300 games at Premier League level, but injuries hampered his career that he's had to go all around the world to kind of get that that game time and um and yeah, but he's, he's still hanging in there. I think he last I know he was in Australia, Indonesia. I think. Oh, he's yeah. Australia now, yeah. So yeah, so, yeah at least he's he's still enjoying it and he's still got a career. And then um mm. Keith Fahey, I think Keith oh. is one of the most underrated players I've played with. Yeah, I think I think Keith he, was a, again technically. Sorry, Kurt. I was going to say. I think in, in the cup final, he's my man of the match. Far he was, and yeah. when he hit the post, I wish he'd have scored because he was. They were all brilliant that day, but Keith yeah. was amazing. And he, he yeah. came through Arsenal as well, so um, yeah. it was a bigger thing for him. But he was again as a character, great lad off the pitch, very quiet, very stern in when he believes in something, he'll tell you again. Similar to Kari, but not as intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a footballer! Again. Um, 
go left foot, right foot. He'll drill passes. And I don't, I don't think, I'm not sure if it's necessarily at Blues, but I don't think as a player in general, um, he got enough credit for how good he was. You know, wow. Ireland International was playing in a good Ireland side then. Um, yeah, and a, and a good player that, again, unfortunately, that second year with, with Clarkie, fell out with Clark in and we lost him for, for I think three or four months and, and I think that them players make the difference. You know, when you when you with all due respect you go in from Keith Farhi who is all the experience Ireland National and you're going to Callum Riley who's just starting and finding himself in the game, yeah. it's a totally different entity. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of you know again not cost us not necessarily we were gonna get promoted and get into the playoffs, but we would yeah. have had a better go at it with those players there. Mm-hmm. So that's my um my holding two and then um my next three uh, I'll go with Chris Burke on the right, Ravel Morrison in the 10, and Nathan Redmond on the left. Brilliant. Burke, I've already spoken yeah. about it. Um, yeah. Again, unbelievable. When he turned up, you know, I think he was just around turning 30. People thought, oh, good signing, steady signing, but people were so impressed with him. He obviously got player of the season in the first year. Mm. Uh, players player and supporters player of the season. Mm. He was fantastic. Like we've just, him just on as, we've every, him on as well. We've had, we've had him on as yeah, well. Well, yeah. every, everything he did turned to gold that year, and and similar in the way that I spoke about Ashley Young earlier. If we got the ball to Berkey, with how quick he was with his delivery, when you've got the ball to him, Marlon and probably Ziggy as well. Sometimes you know would be there as well. Get the ball in the box, and there, you yeah. know, his delivery, they're getting onto it. You know, yeah. and and even you know he had the one where all season he'd chop in and cut in on his left. I think he scored more with his left that season probably than yeah, his right. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, he just had the chop in, similar to Glenn Johnson used to do it, cut in, yeah. whip in, top corner. And it was yeah. almost automatic, but, but yeah. people still didn't pick up on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Berkey was was a, was a fantastic for the club and, and yeah. a great player. Yeah, Reese James, he's doing it nowadays as well, isn't he? For Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's obviously scored two great goals the other day. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and then I go with Ravel. Um, and that's not because he's at he's at Derby now, but Rav is what I will say is the most technically gifted player I've ever played with. Yeah, he's gifted. Yeah, yeah like he, he he can see things, do things that I I might not see on a video. Wow. He's 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 yeah. that good, and and honestly, like when he turned up, you know, he came with a reputation. He was still young then, still mm. obviously, you know, came from on loan from uh, West Ham and. And I had a few friends in Manchester saying, look after Rav, look after Rav. And I was thinking, how am I going to look after him? I'm sure Gary Neville and, and Rio Ferdinand offered <laughs> to take him in. And why is he going to listen to me? But I'll tell you what, he turned up and I was thinking, didn't know what to expect. He was the most polite, nice kid you'll ever meet in terms wow. of round the place with the st- with the people, um, with staff, P's and Q's. Oh, thank you, please. Everything. No, not a bad bone in him. Obviously just had issues when he's with his friends in, in Manchester. But technician as a player um, could do anything with the ball. Um, the only thing that let him down was, you know, now and then he'd have a little blip off the pitch, which was yeah. causing problems on the pitch. On the pitch, and I, yeah. And, yes. I think, and I think if he didn't have those, we would have we would have seen an unbelievable like, full season, you know, because he, he, he was in the team. He was in the team, but, you know, because something would happen, he'd, he'd end up missing two or three games. Yeah, he'd yeah. come back in and then... Then all of a sudden he misses one one game and it was always a stop start. Um, but yeah, a fantastic player. I think I remember the Palace game, if you remember that. I think uh, oh, we four won nil. four nil. Yeah. yeah. And I think he run the show that day. He Nathan was on, Redmond he was, was brilliant player, as well. But, yeah. but Rev run the show. So that's kind of sticks in my head. And obviously I'm with him now and 
the ability is still there. Obviously, he's older now, so maybe his potential and his promise, you know, you're not looking at him as, oh, he's going to go where did this height, mm, yeah. but he's mm. still got the unbelievable brain and, uh, and yeah, what a fantastic player. And, and then Nathan Redmond, Nathan Redmond, the, yeah. the, the biggest thing I can speak about Nathan Redmond is the national game at um, St. Andrews. Oh, that's yeah. all I need. Yeah. That's all I need to say. I turned yeah. up and the, and the kid would, he was a kid. He, he mm-hmm. I, I don't even think when he, when I turned up, he wasn't even a scholar yet, but he was on, right. on school release. Mm-hmm. So he was training with the first team. Like still, so he's training with 23 sometimes, but training with the first team and involved with the first team. And then he was only, only 15, 16 at school. And then he obviously, the next season, he's pushed up with us because everyone left. And obviously it's a big, big ask, you know, local lads come through the club and obviously the expectation that was on him because of where we played. Mm-hmm. And he took to it like a, like a duck to water. It's, yeah. it's, like I say, it's one thing going into a championship game and turning it on against a, a team that maybe has just been promoted from League One. That's all easy oh. to do. But that second leg wow. where we won 3-0, it was the Nathan Redmond show. He literally, yeah. I've, I've watched I've watched the show reel back a couple of times yeah. and things he was doing, like taking the piss out of people, like, yeah. as, well as, as, well as, as well as like doing good things, like beating someone, crossing it. He was like megging people, going back, beating mm. them again. And then, yeah. and it was just, honestly, so that's the one great memory that I can talk about. But in general, what a fantastic player and what a career he's having. You know, still disappointed that he hasn't had more of an England presence. I think if he'd been at a bigger club, in my opinion, yeah, would have got more recognition because Nathan's ability is is fantastic and his character and his mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but he's having a good career at Southampton. I'm conscious we've only got a couple of minutes left, uh, Kurt. No problem. Yeah, yeah. I'll jump in and then yeah. man up top, Kingy. Kinga. Oh, yeah. King. Oh, yeah. already, already spoken enough about mm-hmm. him in terms of his. Um, his, his, get, his voice. Did you get a headache with Wade Elliott, Curtis? Because there's a few people shouting for Wade Elliott as well. Uh, did, that, did you have any problems like leaving him out? Um, it was, you know, I look at a sheet and it's it's me trying to put together because Wade was fantastic again, but it's it's just that I say it just just it's it's kind of the first names that come to my head. I'm I'm thinking of it, and there was no one that kind of there was no, wasn't enough to kind of knock me away. Yeah, Do you know what I mean, okay. of, of yeah, those yeah. players. And listen, Wade was fantastic. Team. And, and again, in, in, in that time for the club, the rebuild, character-wise, experienced player, had a promotion. He was brilliant yeah. for the club. Have we got, have we got, yeah, have we got time very quickly, Chris, to do the hoop? We'll, we'll do it quickly. And if, if we don't get it done, and if uh, people can go onto the, um, the Facebook page, um, probably give us an answer that way, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what we do now, Curtis, we're going, yeah. play a clip, we're going to play a clip of a player that's played... In the same squads as you, I'm always conscious saying played with you, just in case he hasn't. But yeah. I know he was in the, he was in the squad at the same time as you. Um, and if you think you know who it is, just tell us basically the first letter of his surname, and we'll see if our viewers can get it. So basically, okay. stop speaking now. Just tell us the first letter of his surname if you think you know who it is. Here we go. Told me I was good, and everyone was talking about me and stuff about how good I was, and so that's when I started taking it serious. Mm. And then. Obviously, you fast forward a couple of years. He started playing for, was it Margaret? That's your lot. And it's not Wayne Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, played with me at Blues. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> or, or was in the squads at Blues, shall I say? Told me I was good and everyone was talking about me and stuff, about how good I was. And so that's when I started taking it serious. Mm. And then, obviously, you fast forward a couple of years. He started playing for, was it Margaret? Mm. That's your lot. 
is that two different voices? <laughs> yeah, there is two. It's the first voice I'm after. Oh, okay. Because that's that's what threw me. I was like, um, the, the the like rustly voice. Mm-hmm. The first, the first voice. So go on, Chris. Once more. Once okay. More. Here we go. Very last time. And everyone was talking about me and stuff about it. How good I was, and so that's when I started taking it serious. Mm. And then, obviously, you... <laughs> I, can only, I can only think of it being uh, a, Lon- a London accent. Yeah. So I can yeah. only think of it being Kingy. No, it's not Kingy. Nah. It's not my- Oh well, never mind. It's gonna. It's... Anybody? Anybody got an idea there? No, no one's got an idea. Nobody. No. No. Anyone on the shout box? No. Say Benley, but I can't imagine his voice sounds all that. No, he's 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 yeah. Dave's like this. Dave talks like this, geezer. All right. Oh, Jason Hughes has got it. Has he? Oh my god. That's impressive. Oh, my life. He's got to get a prize for that, Chris, surely. How, you, where, how could he get that from that? How'd he get that? Unbelievable. There's only one other player, but he, he wouldn't have played enough, I wouldn't have thought, to, to feature. Um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. What? His surname begins with an L. That's the only does, one I... Yeah. It does, it does, yeah. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, well, yeah. Can, I, can I say it? Yeah, yeah. go on, go on. Is it is it Lee Rolita? It is, it yeah. Is. It is. Yeah. Well, well done. See, that, the only reason I thought is because I was speaking of, <laughs> of Cockneys and and the accent sounds like, in my opinion, a, a, a black person's voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was thinking if it's not Kingy, the only the only I'm thinking of London uh, London lads, and and it was only Leroy that was obviously there. And yeah, I spoke yeah. about him oh, briefly. Play with him, mate. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, anyway everybody, it's, 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 it's time it's to go. We've run, we've run over <laughs> again. Yep. So it's uh, thank you to Alan, Alan, Alan Watton, uh, Craig Courtney, uh, Mark Adams, uh, our special guests, uh, Sharon, I'm going to try and remember, Dave, Brett, and Ryan. Yes. You've been uh, taking your time. <laughs> Paul Kiss and the wonderful... Curtis Davis. Thank you all hey. very much, and we'll see Thanks you all next week. Thanks for having me. Thanks Cheers for your time, everybody. mate. Cheers, Curtis. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.